Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about frequently asked questions by sellers. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, Matt, we are back. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what episode we are on. Oh, yeah, I wasn't ready to answer that question. No, I wasn't here last week. No clue. I'm in. I'm in summer mode, <laughs> and I. I don't. I. Jeff, this is how you opened last episode. Did I really? Yeah, I edited it, and you're like, yeah. "Here we are," and I don't know what episode it is. Right. Yeah. You know, what? it's actually a good thing we don't know what episode we didn't know going in. Okay. So we couldn't prep any terrible jokes. Oh, so are we on episode 70 today? Is that it's the one before? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so no terrible jokes. Um, our listeners may notice that we swapped one New West guy for the other today. <laughs> where's Where's Jer? What? It's summertime in the void, my friend. Yeah, yeah he's on vacation. Yeah, it, uh, and I'm really excited. Uh, we're going to swap Jer out of our other project. You're, you're going to come on Eat New West uh, yeah. this week, which uh, which is really exciting. But but what's what's going on, Matt? Uh, well, we were just kind of saying as I was playing through the intro there, I'm, I've got a lot of business happening. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And uh, which is really uncharacteristic for this time of year. Yeah. Um, aside, we always say this, aside from Christmas, yeah. the, the slowest time in real estate is that last 10 days of August. Typically, it's August, but it is not this year. Yeah. Um, and I think it might just be a culmination of people sort of waiting, seeing that, okay, prices didn't go down, I'll do something. You know, I, I'm not even really sure what it is, but I've just had a number of things kind of come together. Yeah. Um, now, this time of year, we will often get phone calls from people who are getting ready to list their home, like in September. Sure. So yeah. I've been doing those meetings. Yeah. But then I also have clients who have made purchases. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them was a purchase subject to sale, you know, and we entered into the deal, you know, first or second week of August and it had to be done by the end of August. Right. Like the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it was a really, really tight timeline, but pulled it off. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's strange. Yeah. Uh, is, are you kind of getting the same experience? We haven't seen much of each other for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm going through withdrawal. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm busy, but it, it's not. For me, it's kind of typical August stuff. I'm talking to a lot of people who are getting ready for what they want to do in September, which is kind of typical, typical August, um, August stuff. I I didn't write an offer yesterday, but it, or I spent all day negotiating yesterday, <laughs> and uh, it didn't come together in the end. We, um, us and the sellers, did not agree on what the value of the home was at the end of the day. We might come back in a few weeks if it's still still on the market and be like, eh, yeah, eh? What, what do you, what do you think? But, um, oh, I do have something kind of exciting. Um, so as you know, uh, years ago I used to coach the high school improv team. Yeah. I'm meeting a buyer today who was one of the kids I coached. Really? And it's like 
super cool that she wants to buy a home and is ready and also makes me feel really old because I'm like, well, how long has it been since since I cut co- 10 years? It's been 10 years? When did that happen? Oh, another gross point blank reference. Oh, right yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> There's, no, that's a little gem that's in our bumpers. Oh, giving away the secrets. But... Uh, so I'm, a- I'm actually really excited. Uh, gonna yeah, that's cool. go have coffee with her this afternoon and look at a look at a place. And that yeah. stuff gets gets strange. Now you probably run into it more just having grown up in New West and selling in New West. Yeah, you know, every now and then I bump into somebody from like my hometown, oh, sort right. of you know, a crossover, and it's like, wow, that was. They're like, oh yeah, no, I, that's where I went to school too. And then you compare notes, and you're like, oh, we were, we're <laughs> ten years apart, and we're both adults. <laughs> Yeah, see, growing up in New West, I run into that all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, oh, you went to Spencer, I went to Spencer. And they're like, oh, when'd you graduate? None of your business, kid. <laughs> like, move along. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so. um, reminds me, though, because you're talking about deals that didn't, you know, your deal didn't come together. Yep. I had one of those, ended up coming together. But it's okay. interesting, you know, the sellers are a little less cooperative now, maybe. One thing I found was the seller, and they might, I mean, we'll see, time will tell, they might be right. The seller has was saying that they've had a huge uptick in showings. Fact. I believe it, yeah. yeah. And, and this is a very affordable condo in New West, which, you know, you're aware of the stats as well as I am. That stuff's not too bad right now. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm, I'm going through the same thing. Yeah. You know, I'm writing offers with first time buyers and yeah. the sellers are kind of getting yeah. firm on their price and the buyers want to grind them a little more. Yeah. And it's hard because, you know, you don't want to tell the buyer they're, they're wrong because they're not. So it is a matter of opinion, Yeah, but there is noticeably way more interest in these homes. So there's a lot of validity to the seller having expectations that they can do all right on price. Yeah. Good questions for the sellers to be asking. (laughs) (laughs) Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. 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 Without money, we lost. Wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers. A real estate show. So, what Sweet questions? Segue. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit proud of that. Um, so, that, this brings us to our topic of the day, which I think is just the way I'm picturing this going, Matt, is just you and me talking about what questions we get asked the most by sellers and then kind of just discussing what we think are the answers and you know this being multiple offers we'll probably have a few different opinions on things um but uh yeah just because in fairness we get asked i mean the same questions come up pretty much uh i wrote i wrote down sort of what i thought were the most common questions right obviously that's the yeah. The headline. Right. There's a, there are many more we get asked, but if there are, you know, a few that come up in every meeting. Yes. You know. Yeah. And that for depends. Sure. Um, I, I sort of broke it down. Now, I, I didn't have a, a big difference. Most of them are before the place actually goes on the market. Oh, right? that's, that's a good way of thinking of stuff. I was, I was thinking before. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there can be frequently asked questions during, but it's usually like, what are you doing to sell my house? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, they asked for the minutes. Why haven't they written an offer? 
<laughs> yeah, or how did the showing go? Yeah, you know, yeah. Those are the frequently asked questions. Right. Uh, I do have one, but we'll save that for later. Um, so, uh, so most of it's before, right? Mm-hmm. Meeting with the seller, we're preparing to get it on the market. We just talked about it in our, our warm up here that it's a common time right now for people to be preparing to get on the market. Yep. And it's so common because people aren't opposed to having meetings about real estate this time of year if they're not on vacation. But we know that it's, statistically, it's a terrible time to be to start with your home on the market, right? To launch a new listing. Ooh, that's actually one of the best first questions. So when when is the best time to sell? Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. So there we are. We're in that meeting and we're saying, well, right now is, you know, it's like listing at, on December 23rd. Right. Not a good time. Sure. People, you just don't have people's attention. Yeah. So we know why, that. Why don't we have their attention? So just about everybody has booked some kind of vacation this last week of August. Yeah. Right. And if they are in town, even, uh, I know people are doing the staycation, they're getting kids ready for school and let's not just associate it with kids in school and families, mm-hmm. you know, people who, you know, who are you know in adulthood and buying, but don't have kids. They're just, they're enjoying the last bit of summer. Yeah, you know, that's th- true. Their mind is just there, just like this is sort of the last kick at the can. We've got the the long weekend coming up. I'm going to enjoy it. And when I come back to work after Labor Day, like we know there's going to be a staff meeting mm-hmm. and, <laughs> you know, think we're going to have to get a little more serious again at the office. Yeah. Right. So they're just kind of letting their mind enjoy a little bit of vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you're thinking, so when is the best or when is a good time to sell? When is the best time to sell? Well, yeah, that's definitely, I'd say that's probably the most frequently asked question is when should I sell? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. And actually I didn't have that as one of my questions. I I didn't either. Okay. (laughs) When you were saying it made me think of it. (laughs) When is a good time to sell? I mean, I guess we get asked it all the time, but it's such a, such a simple thing for us to answer, right? It's not really a complicated. No, it's an easy discussion, right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we dedicated almost an entire episode to that, or we have sort of a few, we had one about, uh the fall. We seem to do one every time Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we come into that time of year when it's not a good time to sell or it is. But uh, to remind our listeners, if they haven't heard those ones, you know, we talked about it, holiday times is when it's not a good time to start on the market. Yeah. Right. You just don't have people's attention. Yeah. And, and traditionally the high point of the year is the spring and the fall is our second best market. Like as we're, Matt mentioned, I think the long weekend, like after Labor Day is a great time to go on the market. If you're getting ready to go on the market and you're ready to go, it's not a bad idea to wait until after Labor Day at this point. You know, just get everything ready, get it all done, but you're going to lose a lot of your momentum by yeah. putting it on the market unless you're really desperate the week the week before. Like, if you've got a subject to sale in play, put it on the market. Get, get your chances. Yeah. But Yeah, that very last week of August is just... Yeah. You're not going to get the momentum, like you said, yeah. right? Uh, and you say spring. Uh, the market typically gets going in February. Yeah. It has less momentum, but mm-hmm. we talked about timing that too, where you can be like, well, okay, you can get a good deal on a purchase and right. then do pretty well on your sale. Maybe not maximize the outcome of your sale, but the the net difference between the buy and the sell can actually be better. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And and it's amazing. I don't know how often this gets said to you for talking about frequently asked questions. Not a question, but a statement when they say when is a good time to sell. I feel like more than half of the people I meet with say that summer is a good time to sell. Do like, you run into that? Like the the seller? Yeah. Like they've been told summer yeah, is a good they, time they to sell? They think they've read it somewhere. They've been yeah. told. You know, because you, you're meeting with them and it's May and they're like, well, we're, we're coming into the summer and I, that's a really good time to sell, right? 
yeah. Matt, right? <laughs> and you're like, well, it's, it's not actually. Well, I, I don't believe, like, the longer you go into summer, the worse it is, I feel like. Like, August is the low point for sure. Like, June's not a terrible time to sell. No, not at all. I'm totally yeah. supportive of June. Yeah. But things definitely dive off in July. It slows down for sure. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be on the market. Yeah. But this idea that they come to me and say, like, I think it's the best time to be on the market. Like, it's May, right. and they're saying it's the best time. I'm like, no, the best time was the last two and a half months. We're at, we're at the end of it. Well, and we're talking about a scenario, obviously, with zero context, right? Yeah. Like, reality is, depending on your situation and what's going on, statistically not the best time to sell might be the best time for your plans and what you want to accomplish. But in a, in a no context environment, spring is number one, fall is number two. Yeah. Those are <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's good to clarify. Right. And I think, yeah. but that's, that's what the, the person is trying to say when they're sitting there is like, Oh, totally. I think that as a general statistic, the summer is the best time. So it's a really common misconception. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that, you know, some of the more holiday driven markets, you know, like your Florida's or people where people buy like their summer homes in, that is the best time to sell because that's when all the out of town buyers are there. And maybe, maybe they walked into a sales center one time and somebody was like, oh yeah, you came right in the hot market and it's summer. And they're like, oh, okay. Summer's a good time to. I just pictured that might be from like all the shows, all the like buying property homes on TV, right? Yeah, for sure. Buy your Hawaii property or your cottage property or whatever, right? Yeah. They probably all say summer is the best time. Yeah. Cause I'm sure Hawaii, I bet you summer is the best time in Hawaii. Anywhere where it's beautiful and hot and people are visiting and that's who your typical buyer is. Like if your typical buyer isn't local, yeah. Summer's probably the best. Yeah, time you're to going sell. to sell to them when they're vacationing. Yeah, you know, I bought my cabin. I went and did my tour. Yeah. on a long weekend because yeah. that was my vacation. So I used my vacation to go look at vacation homes. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of like um, the Chinese New Year myth, right? Right, and I don't know. Like Richmond is not my market. I don't know if some of these areas that are really heavily influenced by mainland China culture, um, may, maybe they do see a huge influx in Chinese New Year. But I get people out in New West here asking like, oh, well, Chinese New Year's coming up. I guess we should wait for that. And I mean, I don't see any change. No, in, not in, in 10 West. years. No. <laughs> ten, year, 10 years of doing this, nothing. Yeah. Right? I mean, except for obviously that big wave that came with everything. Right. What, three years ago. Uh, but that was that was one year. Um, so last comment on that then, the misconception about summer. I okay. think I think you're absolutely right about vacation time. I think it's also that there was a lot of language used in the 90s and early 2000s that people want to move in the summer, like people with kids, right? To, oh. get, the, to get the kids into school for yeah. September. But what people don't realize is you have to work backwards. If you want to move in July, you have to make your purchase decision in... Yeah, because your typical seller wants two to three months from the time you write the offer to the time you get to move in. Yeah. So, yeah, and and I run into that. You must run into this all the time, too, where, you know, you're sitting down with someone, and you're like, okay, well, ideally, when do you want to move by? And they're like, well, a month from now. And you're like, we should have been talking a few months ago. Like, this is... Yeah, it takes time to ramp things up, find yeah. the right place, and then you make your offer, and then the, the seller has to accommodate when you want to move in. Yeah, there's all this stuff. I, I was going through all of the... Um, I've been doing market updates for past clients uh, this month as we come into the fall market. And I've been looking at all the lower mainland stats, and it seems like across the lower mainland, other than weird markets, about 24 days is the average marketing time for most most homes. Question number two. 
Oh, was that was that your? <laughs> How long will it take to sell my home? Oh, excellent. <laughs> Good segue that I, so, and, and for anybody listening, Matt and I have not shared each other's uh, questions. Um, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, in most of the lower mainland, about 24 days, but the thing, there's a big, big caveat there. And that's if you get the price right on the first try, because when I look at average marketing times, I'm looking at like... If 24 days is the average, and let's say your home is worth 600000 but you price it at six fifty, and you are listed for a month at six fifty and reduced to six hundred, how long should it probably take you to sell at six hundred? It might still take 24 days. Like You're basically a new listing as you go. I, I was looking at um, Anmore this morning and mm-hmm. all of their stats, and their stats say uh, 42 days is the average time to sell. But you start going through those listings, and it's actually more like two years. Like the majority of those homes right. have been on the market, taken off, put on at a new price. On the market, taken off, put at a new price. Yeah, it's it's very. And I mean, they've got only it's like less than five percent of the homes are selling each month because these are like three million dollar homes. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> like, that, that, like, that segment isn't getting a lot of action, right? But yeah. I, I think that's sort of a good statement. I mean, the stats always kind of lie because yes. because of the relist part of, of real estate. So totally. people aren't totally clear on that. Often when we do any kind of significant price change on a home, we'll put it on as a new listing on MLS. And then the the stopwatch starts over again in terms right. of days on market. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it skews the stats. It could have been on for six months at the wrong price. But the first thing you said, I definitely probably rings really true is that when you get the price right, yes. your days on market equals right. about three weeks. And I like just a little sidebar I like to use days on market to know how long I should test a market, at, like test the market at my price. Like, let's say the average marketing time is 24 days. Well, if I'm on the market a month and a half and we've been doing all the marketing and it hasn't sold, that's a pretty good indicator that the market isn't interested at this price. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back when the market was nine days, you knew in two weeks whether you were going to yeah. get your price or not, right? Whereas yeah. now it's not like, don't panic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Week two, it's still sort of like, it's it's okay, Yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's okay to give yourself some time. So that is probably, to me, the most difficult, intimidating question to handle yeah. from sellers is, is how long will it take? Because you know that everybody's expectation, their hope is that they want it to be a short time. Right. Right. And you know, just like you said, we, you know, we look at the stats and say, well, the percentages are only some of the homes are going to sell, you yeah. know, what, two or three out of 10, right? Right. Or one or two out of 10. Well, and, and, <laughs> and here's where people get skewed too. two out of 10 houses selling every month is a good market. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. that's actually where prices start to go up. It, anything over 20%. That's good. We're just so out of whack with like, oh, 80% sells every month when the market was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you got to get your price right. But, you know, so, so you, you want to give them, you know, hope that it will sell sort of reasonably quickly. But, you know, right now it's every meeting. The answer to that question is this could take some time, right? This okay. could take a month or two. So I've got one that kind of builds off what you were talking about. Okay. And, and this, I would say almost every meeting I sit down with sellers, this question comes up especially now that we're not in multiple offer territory as much. If I already know buyers want to negotiate, should I be giving myself a bit of a buffer in my asking price, knowing that they're going to want 2 or 3% off the asking price? Okay. 
It's <laughs> a very specific question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine was just, how much should I ask? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously we had the same question there. Yeah. Uh, I am going to direct our listeners to a very detailed conversation on this. Okay. Episode 49. Yeah. Choosing the asking price. Okay. So, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss it. Yeah, give us, we'll have yeah. a little Cole's notes, but, but we, we deep dived on we, this. We really yeah. did, right? Yeah. Because there's there's a lot that can go into the concept around that. Uh, the short answer is when I get that question, I'll say, well, yeah, I mean, if you've got an objective here mm-hmm. and it's within reason of where market value is. Yeah. Yes. Your asking price should build in a buffer for negotiating because your expectation should be that you're not selling for your asking price. Yeah. If you want 500 don't list for 500. You're not going to get what yeah. you want. But if your home is worth 500, then we've got to get realistic on that, right? Yeah. You know, you know whatever it might be. So they have to be honest with themselves. Yeah. You can't say I want 480, but all of the previous sales were at 475. Right. You know, well that actually means you should probably just ask 480. Right. Yeah, like I I think the question maybe that should be asked is first can I get what I want? Like, is that realistic? Because a lot of times it isn't, right? It just, um, yeah. and and buyers, sellers, everybody, ev- everybody, it's just human nature. You want a little bit more than <laughs> than, than, yeah. than what is, is realistic. And, and a lot of times that's not doable. Um, but the correct way to do that is to not list at what you're, you're asking for. Now, this is market to market dependent too. Like in 2017, the way to get 500 was to list for 490. Yeah. And you were going to get multiple offers and maybe go get over. Yeah, it gives you a better chance of getting 510. Yeah, totally. Than asking 510. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was such a weird market because everybody knew that they were like it was a cycle, right? The buyers knew they had to write over asking to get a home. So if a home was priced at what it should be priced at, the buyers looked at it and went, well, I don't want to write 20 grand over on that thing. That would be too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, and yeah. So, but right now pricing for a multiple offer is a terrible strategy it's in my, gonna, in my no, opinion. Yeah, not that's, gonna that's, you're going to cost yourself money. And, and I guess here's another question that's kind of connected. Well, what if I just change the price? Like I'll list it because this used to come up in multiple offer territory. People used to list for four ninety, or let's say they went nuts. They listed for four fifty, and it was really worth five hundred. But then for whatever reason, they didn't get multiple offers, and then yeah. they raised it to five hundred. Yeah. Well, why can't I just do that? Why can't I just do that? So why can't I ask five hundred, and then but, and, but I'm actually worth four sixty five, <laughs> yeah, then, and then later drop it to four seventy. Yeah, for right? sure. What what's the value of that first week? I guess, or first month or whatever. Which is, to me, it's a bit of a long chat because I think there's so much value in the first week. We could probably dedicate Mm. a whole episode to the first week of marketing. The first week on MLS. Yeah. Yeah, because that is a huge part of the conversation I have with any seller when we're preparing is explaining to them the significance of week one. Yeah. To try to sum it up in really, really brief terms, it's that every single potential buyer who has been actively looking in the marketplace for the last two days or two years is actively looking and will decide on your home in the first five days it's on MLS. Yeah. And then they'll decide to see it. Then they'll make an appointment sometime in the next five days after that. After about day 10, the only people who really come to see your home are now the new people who have decided, I'm interested in a home that right. fits I've, your I've, description. I've just started looking. Yeah. 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 And then it's just a trickle in from that point on. Well, and, and all of those people coming at the same time create pressure. Yeah. 
like one thing I, I was speaking with a potential seller uh, last week and he doesn't want to do open houses. And my comment to him, tell me if you agree with me, is I think there's the law of diminishing returns on open houses. I do think they're worth doing, but I think the open house you have a month into the listing is very different than the open house you have the very first weekend. And I think to take advantage of all that pressure you were talking about, all the buyers in all of the lower mainland got emailed your, your listing. And if you can drive them all to come look at the home at the same time, when they look around and they see five other people yep. looking at the home, that is a very different experience than just, oh, I came in, I looked around, I stayed for 20 minutes, nobody else came the entire time. Uh, there's a different level of urgency for that buyer. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So that creates that demand, right? And if you get your price wrong to begin with, yeah, uh, people will see your listing. They will, maybe, if it meets yeah. their criteria. But they'll say, well, I don't think the price and the product are aligned, so I will move on and just go look at other stuff. Right. And our attention is generally fleeting us being the buying community. Yeah. You know, if and it, just humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it didn't get your attention when you saw it the first time on email, it's very unlikely that people are going to come back. Right. Some people do. Obviously, lots, some people listening will go like, oh, I do. I go back and I look at them. But you're in the minority. Yeah. A lot of people just sort of move on. Or they'll say, well, like you said, you were in a negotiation. Yeah. You said, well, maybe we'll come back in a couple of weeks and this price will fly. Yeah. Well, some people do that before they even see a home. Right. They're like, oh, well, I mean, I, I like it, but at 500, I'm not really interested. Oh, the buyer and I had this conversation before she wrote an offer. Her, her comment was, I really like this home, but I don't see the value in what they're asking. And her comment was, well, maybe we should wait a few weeks before we try an offer just to give them time. And my thought is always, you're better to try an offer now. Because what if somebody else tries that low offer and then they... And succeeds. And succeeds. <laughs> and you're going to say, oh, I wish I bought it then. That could have been me. But a lot of buyers I have that conversation with of, well, maybe we'll give them a little bit of time, right? Yeah. And then maybe another listing comes up and yep. they buy it. That's exactly and, what happens. Yeah. yeah. Something else comes up that, so that looks like better value, right? Yeah. But they actually liked the home. Yeah. So it's so critical that when they decide they like the home, they also have a general liking of the price. Totally. Right. So that was the short, long version of okay. the importance of week one. Um, but choosing the asking price is really complicated. So if you find that, if you want to know more about really how we get at that, that's yeah. episode 49. All right. What do you got? Uh, my other frequently asked question uh, on the vein of how much is how much is commission? How much would I have to pay to sell my home? Oh, okay. And actually, and it's not even commission. That's not the question I get asked. They get, yeah. what are my closing costs? Okay. Seller wants to know what it's going to cost them to walk away sure. from the home. So everybody, I'm going to give you the competition bureau <laughs> answer first. You love to be so protective about this. I just think it's funny. <laughs> we're, we're so restricted on what we can actually say. So there is no set commission, right? Every realtor charges a different commission. In fact, I know you and me don't structure our commissions the same way. That's right. Um kind of a typical for the area a lot of realtors will be charging seven percent on the first hundred thousand and two and a half on the balance although that's all over the place and i know you kind of charge competitive but you like to make it easier for clients to understand and you boil it down to a specific like a 3.3 percent or a 3.8 right. percent depends on what the price of the home is right you kind of <laughs> start with what it would be and then just make it easier to understand which i i appreciate um what are our other closing costs so you, the big one is property transfer tax. 
Not from a seller's perspective. Oh, I'm Today's sorry. Today's show is about sellers. You are correct. We will talk about that when we do frequently <laughs> asked questions for buyers, maybe. <laughs> um, you got to get a lawyer or a notary. What do you think the budget is for that now? It, it's always going up. Um, I usually say like a couple grand if you're doing buy and sell. Is that still in the right ballpark? Uh, I mean, the cost to pay a lawyer to close only the sale. Let's right. just say hypothetically you're yeah. selling and you're not going to make yeah, a purchase. Yeah, it's way cheaper. Yeah. It's like the lawyer fee is only four or $500. Yeah. And then the additional fees that go with that, the transferring title and all the rest of it actually are typically incurred by the buyer. Right. Because the buyer is paying for all the back end paperwork to confirm that the seller has properly sort of close the transaction. Uh, so it's, it's, it's actually only five or 600 bucks. Yeah. Um, but if I uh, budget seven fifty. You yeah, know, you want you end up with an expensive lawyer or something, you know, yeah. and who knows, prices are always going up. Yeah, um, but, but that's uh, only the sell side. Just if, on the if you're side. if you're yeah. doing both, it's gonna yeah. Be, but yeah, yeah, I mean, on that on that vein, if you were the buyer, I always say budget for about a thousand. Yeah, so combined would be eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, so, I usually tell people two thousand bucks mm, for both, yeah. and and hopefully it'll come in a little under. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but really, it's it's just it's the commission and the and the lawyer's fee. Yeah, and and that's enough to to wash your hands of that property and walk away. It's buying when there's there's more additional costs. Of course, you got to move out and all the rest of it. But if we're just talking fixed costs of business, right? Commission and lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, remember, there's five percent uh, GST on commission. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people forget that when they're kind of doing their budgeting. Right. Uh, but we have a whole episode dedicated to that as well. Nice. Episode sixty-five. Oh, look, I can I can see your note. You you had some little episode notes there. Yeah. Which episode is, sixty-five. Which is excellent. Good job. Should realtors charge less? Yeah. So that's where we dug more into how the commission structure for Jeremy and I is different than what you're doing, mm-hmm. Jeff. It's a structure. The value is about the same. Right. You know, but it's just how we build things. But it's you know if you really want to know a lot about commission, that's the episode sixty-five. Okay, I got a question for you. Yeah. Is it better to renovate before the sale or leave it as is because buyers, when they come, they're going to have to, like, they might not like the color of the hardwood floor I picked out or or what I painted. Okay. I want to come back to that in a second because I feel like I didn't quite clear oh, you got, my thought you got on a commission. Little, little just, extra? Just, okay. just on commission because it's like yeah. how much, when the seller's common question is how much is commission, we like to just give an answer of like roughly a round number. It's better just to say like, you're going to pay about $20,000. You're gonna pay. About, oh, I see. You're gonna pay yeah. about twenty two thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, like, don't get so worried about the percentage. Just put a rough dollar figure on it. I mean, we rounded up the lawyer fees by almost three hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, so just kind of take your commission, round it up, say, okay, all in twenty five thousand dollars. Okay, good rough budgeting. Move on. Right. You know, don't get too caught up in dollars and cents because you know the valuation on the home when we're doing that part, you know, that's mm-hmm. going to swing ten or twenty thousand dollars one way or the other pretty quickly, depending on how aggressive you want to be in the marketplace right. and what the market's doing. So there's a lot going on there. Okay, that's my closing thought on that. So coming back to what should I do to get the home ready? Should I should I do a big reno or should I just sell it? That as was is? my other frequently asked question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like we always get asked the same questions. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and that is a really tough one to answer. Like, yeah. like to do on the show here right now, it, because it's... Because it's very dependent on the condition the home is actually in. It depends on the type of the home and how the condition relates to that type of home. It even depends on who the buyers are right now. Yeah. And this this is why it's always a good idea to talk to somebody who's like 
talk to a local realtor who really knows the market you're in because like a good example right now and tell me if if you're seeing this as well i don't see a whole lot of builders buying right now i i have not uh in new west seen many builders in the last few months and the ones that are buying they're getting really good deals so you know if you're talking to someone where your place is in between something a builder wants and whatnot Maybe it is a better idea to spend a bit of money and fix it up because the builders are going to want to really take advantage of you right now if they show up at all. Yeah. yeah. Now, that said, if it's like $100,000 to fix it up. Well, I and mean, the challenge with that, we were talking about an example of this that I was working with a few months ago, is if you just don't have enough house yeah. to make it worth renovating, yeah. you might just have to throw in the towel, right? Sure. And just So the example was... It's a two bedroom, one bathroom detached house. Yep. And the basement is six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And I said, I understand how your family lives here comfortably. Other families can live here comfortably too. Right. But the price tag on this is like Mm $900,000. That's a ton of money for an old two bedroom, one bathroom home. Yeah. You know, like you can get a way nicer three bedroom condo with a view in a reasonably, like a pretty new building for less money than this. So somebody's paying for the yard is what they're paying for. Mm -hmm. So your value is the dirt. So you're actually selling to a builder is what you're doing because no family is going to actually give you $900,000 for this, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 year old interior and 60 year old exterior. Yep. Uh, So you could spend a ton of money fixing up the entire floor plate of your two bedrooms and one bathroom. But at the end of the day, you're still just two bedrooms and one bathroom. Yeah. And, sure. and that's the difference, right? So um, it's, it's you know, you could price sharp to get a, a builder to do something to actually get a deal done. And yeah, you take a hit there. But the alternative in this market is, you know, add a bedroom. <laughs> I always really like, you had an example way back when we were talking about renovations. I don't remember what episode that was. But you talked about how if the whole house needs to get done, it's not worth your time to do one bathroom. Like you're not going to get what you invested out of doing just one one little thing. Am I remembering what you said correctly? Or I don't know. I, Keep going. You said okay. you liked it, so I, I I'll, I'll, I'll listen so, more. <laughs> um, and I really think that's worth looking at too, right? Like if you've got a house that hasn't been updated in 40 years and you're like, okay, well, I've got 10 grand I could spend. I'm going to do one, one, like a bathroom really well or whatnot. A lot of times that's not worth doing. Whereas if you've got the flip side... Let's say you've got a really house that has been updated quite a bit, but you just didn't get to one project. Mm-hmm. Well, the sum of the parts is probably worth a lot more than each thing being done individually. Like, let's say you did the kitchen, you did the floors, you've painted, you've changed all the light fixtures, but you just ran out of energy and you never did the bathroom. That might be really worth doing because I have to do nothing is very different than oh, this place is really nice, but oh man, I really got to do that bathroom when I when I get in there. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of value and I have to do nothing. Yes. Like that, you, you get a big win for that. Yeah. So anything that falls short of that does come with a greater devaluation. Totally. Right? So if that's the question people are asking if you're close, yeah. right, is probably try to finish it all. Right. You will get rewarded financially. Yeah. Part of what I actually say sometimes is not exactly what you're saying when everything needs to be done. Yeah. It depends. If it's a house that you think someone is going to want to put some money into, is to actually just fix some of it. Yeah. Um, like do one bathroom so that people don't walk through and say, I have to do everything. 
See, I think I disagree with you on that. And I think maybe we that was an episode where we disagreed. That might have... Halfway through talking, I'm like, maybe we did disagree, and I, I'm just remembering... And you're like, oh, I didn't like that way that you recommended it. Yeah. Um, but because I just... I hear so many people be like, well, oh, I don't want this house at all. It's not for me, because it needs everything. Yeah. So the idea is to take away that that fear of having to redo absolutely everything. You know, give them something. But the idea is that, like, well, if you invest in doing all of the floors in a big home and it wasn't their style and you still haven't done the kitchen, you still haven't done all these other things, there, you're not going to get rewarded for the floor at all because they're going to see a new floor and go, like, well, what was the point? I still need to do the kitchen and the kitchen that I'm going to do doesn't match these floors. Yeah. And I still have to do the trim in the bathroom and this fireplace needs to be redone. Like I have to do all the rest of it anyway. I don't see any value in this floor, but if you can take one room where the door is closed and you open it and it's the bathroom yeah, and everything is done, you can say, okay, I move in and I've got one project done. I just find that when, when I'm showing buyers places and there's like one nice room like that, and it usually is the bathroom. The bathroom is a good example. Like a lot of times people are like, there's so much I got to do. And you're like, but look at this nice bathroom. And they're like, yeah. Well, they were never going <laughs> yeah, to buy yeah. it anyway then. Yeah. But I, I think this is one where we'll just probably continue to disagree. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. I, I really think that the idea of it needs everything is such a conversation blocker, just deal breaker, yeah. that I think it's better to have something. Give them hope. Yeah, I just think... Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll, I, do, we'll I, just. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Where you, if you see everything else, you go like, "Well, what's the point?" Right? The, that buyer is going to say, "Well, no, it still needs everything else." They were never going to buy that house anyway. Well, and I, I guess here's maybe a transition into a different conversation. Um, I actually think not necessarily in houses, but in condos, a lot of the time it's not worth renovating to sell. I I think doing big work, especially in a market like this, where you know, the time you take to renovate, you actually could lose the value. In a, in a falling market, it's very risky yeah. to take extra time. Um, but that said, I do think something that's really worth your time that is kind of along the same questions of what do I have to do to get ready to sell is taking the time to really clean up, declutter, pull things out, make it look nice. Because that doesn't take nearly as much time. It doesn't that part of the the risk in renovating to sell is you're investing your time and you're investing your money. Um, and that might be money you don't get back. Whereas if you take a weekend and yeah. you re- like, let's say you wanted to list and you heard Matt say, wait till Labor Day. Well, you've got a good week. How long? Week? Two weeks? We're, we're getting close, right? You've got one week. And you've re- got one yeah. week. Take that time, declutter your house, pull a bunch of stuff out, you know, clean the carpets, you know, get, get things ready. Um, I, I think cleaning really and decluttering well, really well, cause that's the way. question, right? Like when yeah. I wrote down the question that the seller asked, yeah. it, it's, it's what should I do to stage slash renovate? Yes. Right. Cause they're yeah. like, tell me totally. what you think I should do. And they will listen. If you say, I don't think it's worth taking on a renovation project or yeah. like I was thinking of redoing this bathroom. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll give them our yeah. opinion on that and how it all adds up. And definitely that is in some of our earlier episodes if people want to hear a detailed look at that. Um, renovating versus staging, right? Mm-hmm. So renovating often will go with, well, the big projects, time, risk, reward, all that. You yeah. know, but there's probably some fundamentals where you might say and give them some advice. Well, I think you at least need to repaint these mm-hmm. few rooms. Oh, and that that's a good point too. Paint, if you've got time, like I, I, I think painting is often the best, time and energy you can it's the biggest roi in home preparation yeah Yeah. like 
people are like, oh my gosh, I have to pay someone $3,000 to paint my house. Because one, painting your house after a while, it just, it sucks. Yeah. So you pay someone, but you pay them $3,000. You go, that's a lot of money just to like have somebody like put color on my wall. Yeah. But that will pay back three, four, five, six times over. Fresh paint really changes the way people experience a house. And yeah. selling a house is an emotional endeavor. If people walk in and they feel good, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. So that's uh, a little bit on painting. I wanted to go back for a moment and I forgot what it was. We were on, talking about oh, staging? No, type of home. Because you, we, when we were talking about renovation, I oh, just want okay. to go back because yep. I, I opened up it with the type of home matters. And you were yes. saying condos, sometimes it's not worth renovating. And again, that's in our earlier episode. But if you're in a condo that was built in the 70s or 80s and the building looks old and tired and the lobby looks old and tired and you take the inside and you make it look amazing and new and modern and it looks badass in the photos and the marketing when people get there the two don't go together you know the the buyer who wanted that amazing modern interior can't get over the fact that the 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 trip from their car from the lobby smells in the hallway yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's dark and out of date and and if the two don't go together it's not going to work it's very easy to over-improve a condo. Yes. Yeah. So be very careful on that one. Uh, so coming back to staging then. So renovating is one pro- yeah. conversation and staging is the important one because everybody can do something to improve the staging preparation for their home. So I think we're both in total agreement. Yeah. Staging is is 100% of the time worth your... You have to do it. Yeah. Sub-question. <laughs> Should I hire someone? So it depends on your home. It depends on what you've got going on. I I have never worked with somebody personally who has hired a stager and paid for like the full meal deal. Yeah. I think there is actually good value in it, but sellers are very intimidated by the price tag. Yeah. And and I I think some of these staging companies, you know, as we get into longer marketing times, you can spend a lot of your profit renting furniture. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm very wary. Well, it shouldn't, of, it's not on us, the agent, to pay for staging. I mean, no, that's, no. I don't mean the. You, you said I profit, so I wasn't sure what you meant. You meant. Well, a seller profits oh, when okay. they, when they yeah, sell. Okay. I, I mean, um, I mean, a seller's, like, they're, if they're paying thousands of dollars to a stager, I don't know. It just, to me, I think for a lot of people, they would be better off, um, well, A, hiring you guys, because you guys have a bunch of furniture <laughs> that, that you use. We do just do that for free. Um, <laughs> like, I've, I've got somebody that I bring in for people that uh, comes and picks out stuff that looks really good, that's cheaper than a month of staging cost, that you can just spend that one time, and now that furniture is there. And it's always cool, so if you want it, bring it to your next place. If you don't, sell it on Craigslist yeah, and make half your money, your money back. back. Yeah. Like it, Absolutely. Uh, um, I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. Just just be wary of. Yeah. The full meal deal staging is expensive. Yeah. It can pay off, um, but it's risk and reward, right? Yeah. So every dollar you put into it could turn out could fall apart. But I, I think back to when we did our our YouTube clip of uh, looking at photos. Oh yeah. Right. And comparing. Yeah. And we compared two units, and one was staged, and one wasn't. Yeah. And you know, one was on the market for thirty thousand dollars left and less, and never sold, and the other sold like right away. You know. Oh, for sure. The value, like. This stuff works, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm biased, and maybe, maybe I'm spoiled by what I know and the realtors who I hang out with know. 
Like I know that when you walk in a home, you're going to have some really good staging advice for your clients. When I walk into a home, I give them a checklist of like, here are the things to do. And if you do all this stuff, it's going to look amazing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just how, how it goes. And I, I do think for, for a lot of people getting professional advice is totally a, a good idea. And I think even in a lot of cases, um, hiring a stager is probably a great idea. Yeah. Um, the standard of expectations is yeah. growing. Yeah. The way that five years ago, you know, yeah. it, people were hesitant to hire a professional photographer. Yes. And it was kind of like 50 50 because yeah. sometimes the professional photos almost looked too good. Yeah. That it misrepresented the home. Yeah. Well, we're now getting to this point that if you're, you know, the rooms aren't nicely staged, the perception is really quite negative from the buying community, mm-hmm. uh, which is almost too bad because people shouldn't be expected necessarily to cr- transform their home into a show home just to sell it. But that is where we're going. Well, and and what should and shouldn't be almost doesn't matter, right? Like, I don't think buyers, like if you ask most buyers, do they care about staging? They'll tell you, no, I just want to walk in and I'll I'll know. Like, I I don't care if they staged it or not. But staging works. Yeah, they don't know (laughs) that they love that place so much because of how it was staged, not just because of the shell. And, And they don't know that when they walk in, like most people, if you ask them, say, I can picture everything where my furniture would go. It's fantastic. But you walk into a vacant home and it feels small. Yep. And every home they ask, I don't think my bed would fit here. Yep. Well, if you've got a queen size bed sitting in the room and they're like, oh, okay, a queen size bed would fit here. Yeah. <laughs> like, but when it's, yeah. when it's cluttered and over furnished that same room, then they're like, oh, well, this isn't going to work for me either. How would I ever fit my stuff in here? It's overflowing. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I just shot a video uh, talking about the importance of decluttering and I used my own home <laughs> and I took my living room as is kids lived in, I did right. not do a thing to it. It just is my living room. And then I cleared everything out and I shot my living room again. And I showed it to my wife and she's like, why don't we live like this? That, that <laughs> looks so much better. This looks so nice. <laughs> yeah, like nobody lives the way they should sell homes, but there's a different emotional impact when you walk into a nice clean home. And you also don't want to subtly ever communicate to people that they're going to run out of space. Because that's probably why they're moving. If it isn't a first-time buyer home, yeah, they're trying to get more space. So if they look and they're like, oh, man, there's not enough space in here. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah. that is such a common question because people want to present their home the best way that they can. Yeah. So obviously, we get that question every single time and try to give them a checklist, a to-do list that fits within the parameters of what they have an appetite for. Right. And we can get a read on that. You know, some people want to do a lot. Some people really don't want to do a lot. And I know for everybody listening, yes, we know that you do a super deep clean and declutter before you ever invite us in. (laughs) Does that happen like every time you go in? Never. Not once. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's like, I know you've been working hard. I know you have. And by the way, you still have a ton of work to do. It's a lot of work selling a home. It it is a ton of work. It is super hard. And so, you know, just because the agent says you need to do more does not mean we don't recognize that you've done a lot. Nobody lives. Yeah. Well, 99% of the people don't live the way that these homes are when you see them when you're buying. All right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it. Those for are all today. of my before questions. I had a during the listing question. 
Well, I mean, maybe if people like this, let us know, and uh, we can potentially hmm. come back and do more. I, I okay. enjoyed the, yeah, this cool. this conversation. Um, if you want to get hold of Matt and Jer, they are at uh, thenewwestguys.com. If you want to get a hold of me, Jeff, I am at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you guys very much.